Hello everybody, welcome to Trippin' with Forrest. I'm your host, Forrest, and uh, today I'm actually being interviewed. Uh, this uh, guy reached out to me, his name's Christian, and he was doing a school project where he had to interview creatives about the creative process. He reached out to me, and essentially that's what we talked about, is the different aspects of the creative process, what I do personally, a little bit about who I am, what I believe in, and uh, what I think would help in the creative realm and how I've been able to make it as a creative for the past uh, five, six, seven years. I don't know. Time time is uh, hard for me to keep track of. Uh, so yeah, that's what we talk about. It's very interesting. Um, you know, he had some really great questions and so that's why I wanted to put it as a podcast. Uh, yeah, hope you all enjoy. And so this is my interview. Oh yeah, Christian also has a YouTube channel, which I'll link in the description as well. So first of all, what's your name and where are you from? My name's Forrest Stevens. I'm originally from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada, and uh, lived all over that place. Like I grew up on an island uh, that has like probably around 300 people. And it's off of Vancouver Island, it's called Protection Island. Lived in Tofino and now I live in Ontario, Canada. Nice. And how did you get into, I'm assuming your main source, like main, you know, media's documentary making. Um, how'd you get into that originally? Um, I grew up like my, my older brother had like a, an old VHS cam, like video camera, one of those ones that go on your shoulders. Like, I think he found it somewhere. It was like old when he had it, you know? Um, but I was always kind of intrigued by that uh, as a kid, you know, he was filming a lot of kind of uh, him and his friends or whatever and, and, and us like playing around. And I just liked the idea of being able to kind of record what was happening. And um, that sort of in my teenage years as well, I, you know, I, I picked up like uh, just a small little point and shoot and started doing the same with me and my friends skateboarding and emulating kind of like CKY stunts or jackass type <laughs> stunts and just really just enjoyed like kind of the idea of being able to film what you're doing more so than than like movie making more more so than like a narrative type of storytelling through through the camera I just like the idea of documenting the truth of reality um, my first company that I sort of for formed, it was like more about photography, but it was called depicted reality. And that was kind of the idea behind that was you just, you know, depict reality. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and I kind of like fell out of video making, uh, when I was like 16 and got into more music. And then I realized, okay, if I'm going to produce music, I need to be able to make music videos and nobody else is doing it for me. So that got me back into making videos. And then at age 18, I was traveling, uh, and filming and kind of documenting the, just some, some travel across the country in in our minivan that I bought and kind of converted and realized there was like this audience for this this was years ago now but um there was an audience for for people interested in tiny living in in interested in van life um living in vans camping traveling and so then the idea was to just document these tours and and videotape um these spaces that people were living in unique alternative dwellings and so that's how that came about and you know, I'd always been interested in documentaries as far as 
as watching other people's documents realizing like oh this is something that is doable like as far as like real budget filmmaking documentaries is the easiest thing to get into because there's no real upfront costs um and so i was able to i was able to just come to the if there is a subject of interest for you you could make a documentary about it no matter what it is if it's tennis if it's slacklining if it's van life if it's a subculture or a person or just anything you're interested in you could make a documentary about it um on a super low budget and so that's what i started doing and that's what i did i mean i made a, a documentary a 40-minute documentary called the reality of hashtag van life in 2017 released in 2018 and uh that sort of elevated my filmmaking career a little bit it hit the front page of reddit it got interest from uh distributors and it's on prime video and Tubi, and has allowed me to be able to go further into that documentary uh world that, that i'm now uh, that i'm now in through the van tours and through my other uh documentary projects nice that's actually pretty cool because i feel like for me too it started uh me and my friends, we'd take videos of each other skateboarding. Um, I feel like it's like that for every little kid. Yeah. Um, but did you ever go to school for it? I never went to school for it. Um, I took like film class in grade 11 or grade 12 or something. And we made, made a documentary about planking. It was like right when planking was a thing. And like we made these, it was like a fake documentary and, hmm. uh, so even back then, you know, I was interested in the idea of making documentaries. Like we interviewed our friends and, and like one of them pretended he was like a world champion planker. And one of them was like, yeah, I don't know about this fad. It's just a fad. Like, you know, and it's so, yeah, I don't know. Um, never went to school for it. Learned everything online. Uh, YouTube, hmm. YouTube is how I make my living, but it's also how I learn to make my living, uh, so much information on there, everything you need to know, as long as you have the time and ability to research. And, and, um, I'm a very practical learner too. So documentaries, once again, you just get out there with the camera, you start filming and you bring it back and you see, okay, let's do this differently. I need this kind of shot for, for, to fill in the gaps of the story. And, um, it's a kind of, it's more of like a art form where you, you have to learn on the go. It's, it's, you're filming improv because you're filming real life and you don't know what, what is going to happen. And you don't know what your story is going to be until it's almost finished. Um, then you begin the writing process. Then you fill in the gaps with a bit of narrative or whatever, uh, other tools to, to build the story around the, the video. But, um, so documentary is once again, sort of, uh, a field that is easier to be the kind of learner that I am where it's, it's practical where you actually go out and do the thing to learn and, and absorb it. Um, it's much harder to learn documentary filmmaking from uh, a less practical standpoint by going to school and reading books or even studying films. There's only so much you can do, um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of a lot of documentary work. Um, probably the most influential documentarian for me is Louis Theroux. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, no, I'm not sure. No, BBC documentarian. And it's just, he's, he kind of has like a one person crew almost. It feels like it's probably like 
a videographer, a sound person and a producer. So three person crew, but it's just him going and interacting with these people and his, his documentaries are always about subcultures and always kind of about fringe weird things, but it's also just in that style that is just very doable. And that's, that's what kind of got me into everything that I do is, is realizing like, Oh, if somebody else can do this and, and they make it look easy, then I can do it to some degree and I can put my own spin on it. And, uh, yeah, that's just how I look at the world is someone else can do it. I can probably do it or I can learn to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what about then when it's not easy? How do you deal with that? Um, I feel like as a creator, there's a lot of low points, a lot of like kind of loss of creativity and having a harder time kind of putting your, you know, vision, like pushing it in the way that you want it to be. It's can be tough. And I'm not sure how, just curious how you deal with that. With like the creative low points or the, cause there's, there's lots of low points along the whole business that I'm in, you know, it's, it becomes a business as well, which is difficult. You know, how do you make something that appeals to you and is interesting to you, but then also can appeal to others and have some sort of marketability. Right. So for me, that's, that's been the struggle. And that's why I went into this niche of van life is because I found there was an audience for it. Um, and, and it was also in line with my interests and, and then, you know, finding something that's replicatable is really important for creative work because you can't, especially like online creative work, cause you can't just have one viral hit and just be set for life. It's just doesn't work that way. Um, if you get, a, if you uploaded a video and it got a million views, your next video is going to get maybe a thousand just the, out of kind of the subscribers you get and all that. So you, unless it really hits as well, or is really in tune with, uh, your audience that you, that you're only just beginning to build. So you kind of have to think about something that's replicatable and that sort of eases the stress of having to come up with something creative, um, in some ways, because you, you, for me, at least I have niched down in this, in this sense where it's like, okay, is it relatable for my audience? And so it, having those restrictions on creativity actually allows for you to, um, allows it to be just kind of easier to, to get through those slumps because it's just more apparent and more obvious what is out there. If, if you're, if you don't have any restrictions on your creativity and you can just kind of go wild with it, you end, I end up just kind of creating such drastically different things that it sort of doesn't really work. Um, and, and I have space for that too. Like, I don't know how much research you've done, but I have four different channels and one of them, one of them is just for anything, like anything goes there. And it's, it's also just like kind of a release space for that creative energy Mm -hmm. where I can't release it to the other, you know, I can't release it to different media because it's not van life related. It's not alternative dwelling related. And, and it will actually cause my audience to. Uh, be less engaged with f- future content. So, yeah. you know, I, I have this space to release this creative energy uh, as far as filmmaking goes. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, the other part of uh, the creative low is just sort of feeling lack of motivation and and um, and dealing with the other things that come up in life and and prioritizing. You know, can you prioritize being creative? Can you spend some time just by yourself, like? focusing on that as opposed to, um, 
the other things that you have to do in life and and it can be hard but um I, the different things i do to to sort of elevate myself uh is I, i'm very i'm very uh structured with some of my routine i have i have some routine that i've built up uh as far as uh daily meditation goes and this is for uh the meditation i do is to focus your mind it's mindfulness meditation and and um is to develop the tool of focus because if we're if our mind is really scattered and really kind of just if our thoughts sort of run um what we do and we aren't aware of our thoughts then uh our behavior because this is all subconscious you know our, we we don't control our thoughts our thoughts kind of happen and we react to them so that's subconscious uh uh thought behavior um sorry those subconscious thoughts come out as behavior and um so if we can those thoughts and address them um it's my understanding of what i've seen work for myself that allows me to focus more on on what i actually want to think about and what i actually want to focus my attention okay that makes sense um just curious what channel were you referring to um when you're are you referring to the shipping uh well yeah i mean that yeah okay so the i have the forest stevens channel which yeah. anything goes as far as like vlogs how to's tutorials and then the tripping with forest channel anything goes as far as what's on my mind and what i want to talk about so yeah. i i have divvied that up and before it was just forest stevens so i just referenced hmm. the one channel but now it's sort of split into two a little bit sorry my my cat is <laughs> coming through here okay um it. i was actually gonna say i think that might be my favorite channel <laughs> um, the tripping with like forest? Resonates. Yeah, yeah yeah oh cool um just because i feel like it resonates with me pretty well i feel like I, it's kind of similar where you kind of just get those thoughts and want to just speak on them um but it's cool because i never really would think to like create like a channel for that because you don't know who'd be interested in listening but like i feel like they're all things that people think about and kind of have these thoughts but uh you don't really see people talk about it much so it's kind of yeah. cool oh kinda... yeah and i have no idea if it's gonna work or not and i don't even care like it to me it's not about monetizing that it's not mm -hmm. about creating some following from it it's it's really just therapy for me like it yeah i, I talked about it in my last episode but the the act of talking um, especially about thoughts that you're having it mm -hmm. creates a new space in your mind when you talk about when you verbalize something um, instead of it just being in your thoughts um, and, and then your mind can can hold it in that space of of it being verbalized and then plus recording it then i'm visually seeing it and and audibly hearing it my thoughts as well as i edit it and it's creating new space in there so for me that podcast ends up being very therapeutic and the the creativity of it because as i'm it's stream of consciousness it is in itself a creative kind of expression and uh that be, is like it that there it feels to me like the most creative and yet it's the least refined it's the least thought about really it's the but it's just expression which is uh really vital to um creativity i think yeah um so kind of based off like research and talking to you for this little bit, um, you seem like a very spiritual person. Um, and how would you say kind of connecting to your higher self helps you in your creative process? 
Hmm. Well, I think, I think there's a lot of different parts that we have, whether we call it our higher self or, you know, whatever we kind of want to call it. But I think that there are a lot of parts of ourselves that we, as people tend to shy away from, we try to, uh, ignore it. We try to, uh, protect ourselves from parts of ourselves, you know, like we, we might have intrusive thoughts, we might have anxiety, we might have whatever it is for every single individual, but there's things we try to ignore or try to uh, mitigate. Um, for me, um, connecting to those parts as well as any other parts, you know, whether it's, whether we, we call them higher, lower animal self, spiritual self and self-actualized self, you know, um, to me, all of these parts need to be explored if we're going to understand ourselves as individuals and understand what we've come from, who we are and how we behave and, and see this world, um, can be part of it. But to me, like a lot of my most creative moments have been when I have been feeling extremely spiritually elated, um, whether that's from, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, psychedelic or, um, even just like really intense yoga practice, uh, you know, it, it, it allows your mind to just be free of, um, it, ch it changes the perception of that you have in your mind. So it allows yourself to be free from the restraints of your, of your normal everyday thought process. And, you know, they say like some of these substances create new neural pathways, but what does that really mean? But just thinking about something differently and your brain creates a new avenue for you to connect those two dots together. So I think we're creating new neural pathways all the time, probably. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. I, I'm, I haven't even done the research, but it makes sense to me that if we think differently, then our brain will develop in that way. Um, so putting myself in those situations where I'm experiencing something different is important, uh, whether it's higher self, uh, whether it's even just traveling, like I have felt so elated and so kind of free from what I thought life was just from traveling. And, uh, the same can be said again from psychedelic experiences or from, uh, yoga or from meditation or, or a lot of these other, uh, self-improvement practices that, that people do and that I have participated in. Nice. That's sorry. I'm just like, that's super interesting to me. Um, I think that's super cool. Um, I'm just kind of taking that all in. Mm-hmm. What, I don't uh, even know if I answered your question there. Oh by the yeah, way, no, but... definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, <laughs> what can you give me an example of one of those like <clears throat> a creative experience? You know, you just mentioned like your most creative experiences. Um, what did you mean by that? Well, like a concrete example would be um, would be like one time I was doing a yoga practice and I was I was kind of just allowing myself to. A, a lot, a lot, a large part of the yoga practice is to, um, it, it, it's in combination with, uh, sorry, the, the, the physical exercises in combination with, uh, periods of, of deep meditation, as well as like breath work, which can, uh, you know, 
uh, induce a lot of oxygen into your brain, which will actually make things change as well. And, and for you to have kind of thoughts that are different. So, um, kind of deep into one of the practices, probably like 45 minutes into an hour long practice, uh, during a meditation, I came to the idea that there was a way to structure some of my thoughts and some of my experiences into a concrete sort of formula that I could reproduce. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so that was when I came up with the idea for the, what I learned from podcasts, which developed into the tripping podcast. So it was the idea of putting, of just having like a, a real simple formula to be able to express myself. Um, so I could just ask myself one simple question and go off of that. What did I learn from living in a van? What did I learn from hitchhiking across Canada? What did I learn from microdosing magic mushrooms? And then being able to just answer that in a storytelling format. And it was just that it's, it, it's really like when you get down to create creative thought, I find a lot of times it's just really brushing away all of the complexity of, of the creative endeavor and just finding the simple route that allows you to get the most direct access to the, the creative expression. And so that's what that was doing to me was it was like, what I just asked myself, what would happen if I asked myself, what did I learn from this experience? And then I was like, oh, that would be perfect for videos. And that would, that would work in all of these other ways. Cause I'm not just a creative. I also have to be a businessman. I also have to be a marketer. And I think, okay, if I saw a video that said, what did I learn from this and this, I would think that's very searchable. That's very clickable. And so for me, it, it just hit all of those marks and it all happened through sort of an insight that I had while in this very heightened induced or state that's induced from, from yoga. Interesting. Is that your favorite, like self, self-reflective practice? Yeah, because it's all encompassing. Like it's it's the the yoga practice that I do is very meditative, um, but it's also very very physically difficult. So it 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 exerts yourself. You push yourself further than you think you can go, and then once you get to those those spots of of uh, of um, sort of meditation that that is, are also in there, it's so deeply relaxing that you're that your brain is able to have these, these deeper thoughts. And, and so for me, yeah, it's a very, um, powerful experience because it combines all of these elements. Like I said, the, the exercise, the physical movement, the meditation and the breath work is also a very important part of it. And so for me, it's like combining all of that just creates this, like it's as powerful to me as psychedelic as moderate psychedelic experiences i've had the exact same experience from just doing physical just doing yoga mm -hmm. than i have from like lsd like it's it's crazy yeah. wow yeah that's crazy um <clears throat> what would you say holds you back i would say um fear fear is what holds me back um Fear of judgment has been a big thing that I've had to overcome. I think anybody who does, who puts themselves out there in this world, who doesn't just uh, go in a very, uh, you know, simple route for them that that is not dis uh, disruptive. You know, I think what I'm saying can be disruptive. It can be um, what I put out there can can upset people, and what I put out there can uh, be misunderstood and um 
And I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want to be perceived as somebody who is not a good person. I want to be positive. I want to be helpful. And I believe I am. And I believe in what I'm doing. But um, there's that underlying fear and self-doubt that I have that I think a lot of people could relate to. Um, but that definitely holds me back. And it's in for the past couple of years, it's been really evident and for me to, and I've really sort of become more self-reflective and, and, uh, in dealing with those deeper issues and actually finding kind of the root of them and, and realizing that a lot of it stems from, uh, programming that I've, that's been instilled from, from early childhood and from teenage years and in my younger life. And, and, um, you know, just overcoming those fears and, and realizing that, um, the only way forward is to really be yourself and there's no other option but to be yourself and are you going to be yourself and scared or are you going to be yourself and confident and just do your best and have faith you know that's like another thing is like i'm not a religious person you mentioned um i, I tend to be kind of spiritual the way i talk and whatnot but I'm not a religious person and i i don't have like a faith that in really anything except for the idea that everything works out in the end and everything is the way it should be and that's that's kind of the faith. And then that, you know, I have faith in myself that I'm going to do my best and I'm going to make, I, I've, I've, I have the understanding that I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to at least try. And that's, that's been the huge thing is just like not letting fear conquer, but just trying and allowing yourself to fail. And it's not important to actually do something. It's only just important to try to do something. That's the only thing you have to do is try. And, uh, there's nothing more than that into life in my opinion but to try wow that's super inspiring um <laughs> i want to go back to something you just mentioned though um you said you didn't want to be seen as not a good person and I'm, i was just curious what you meant by good what is a good person to you i don't want to be seen as like um uh somebody who is doing something wrong you know, um, things I talk about are illicit sometimes, you know, like, you know, I mentioned psychedelics multiple times. Um, you know, these are, <laughs> these are substances that are illegal for some reason. Uh, you know, luckily where I live, you know, cannabis is legal and, and I talk about that quite often, but, you know, people think that these things are bad. They, a lot of people have negative perceptions of, things that I do, uh, even the yoga that I do, um, people have negative perceptions about that. They, you know, uh, I, what I do is I do Kundalini yoga and it's like, people are, people worry about Kundalini awakening. And if you're not ready for it, you could, you, you push yourself too far and you won't come back and you'll lose your mind kind of thing. And it's, it's all just kind of like based on who you are as individuals. And, and, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. The, it's just like kind of like a fear of judgment more than anything that's really happened necessarily. Like I've definitely had my share of like online hate and, and even in person or like, or like relatively like connected to me, you know, people's being like, what is he doing? You know, like hallucinogens and like, whoa, you know, like, but, um, so it's just like, it's just like dealing with what it is, I think is like, 
dealing with like the misinterpretation that people have because everybody's perception is so different and like they don't actually know who I am from watching my videos. Like there's no way, there's no way that you could watch anybody's videos and really understand who that person is, even if they had, even if they documented their life so much because that person lives and perceives what they're doing completely differently than you do as an outside viewer. So it's just really, it's, it's something that I don't even have control over. And it's something that I'm realizing more and more as I go through it, um, to just not have that fear of being perceived incorrectly, because it, there's this saying about art. And I think it's applicable where you only ever own 50% of your art and the viewer owns the other 50% because they can perceive it however they, they want to, depending on who they are. Interesting. Um, I haven't heard that actually, but I like that a lot. Um, uh, where do you think that fear of judgment stems from then? Because I don't think we're born that way. Yeah, I think it happens over time. I think there's a lot of, um, societal things that happen, uh, peer, peer, um, events that might happen, you know, for instance, like, uh, just like, I don't know, like I can, I can think of a lot of vague experiences in my life where people have said things or people have, and then I've been like, oh, is that, is that like true? Is that like wrong? Like, I, oh, I had a different idea about that. Maybe that person's right. And it's, it's just that self doubt that happens when you're, when you're not sure if what you understand about life is real or if, or if you're wrong. And so I think everybody has so many, you know, there's so many different opinions out there that if you, you, you kind and, and you are wrong sometimes, and you have to be able to change and adjust and, and learn, but, um, it comes from not knowing if you're right or not, and not having confidence. And then, you know, there's, there's two sides of that spectrum. There's the people without confidence that will just completely follow whatever narrative that is that they're indoctrinated into. Or there's the the people that are so confident that they're unable to, and unwilling to change and be open-minded. So as far as I'm concerned, the philosophy of a lot of things is to actually be in the middle and to, and to be able to be open-minded and kind of just like understand where that person's coming from or that idea comes from and, 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 and contemplate it and think about it and, and realize that maybe it's applicable to you and maybe it's not. And, you know, ideas, can be adopted um you know we have to have some sort of filter uh, of of whether we adopt an idea or not and i think um i think that comes down to that maybe that answers your question i'm not even sure i can't even remember what your question was now <laughs> no i got it um uh that's it's cool i feel, I feel like i'm just listening to you i'm like trying to take in all this information it's all super like i'm trying to just process it all you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's super, you know, for sure. Super deep, but super interesting. And I feel like honestly, now I'm inspired. Like, I want to go out and start doing things, <laughs> you know, um, which is cool. Uh, what are some things that you're still curious to learn about? Oh, man. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, there's so many things that I'm curious to learn about in life. Um, mostly just like people and places um more so than like events or history or anything like that it's 
I'm interested in people's stories. You know, I think that's what inspired me to do documentaries. And although the focus is oftentimes on like the vehicle or the, the tiny house or whatever that I'm filming, um, what interests me usually is the people's stories. And, and it's just fascinating to me, the different lives that people have, like, it's just, it, it's just insane to me, the different lives people have and the, the, that they live and they can just be, um, so accepting of, of whatever circumstances they're in that are completely different than my own and, um, and the, the stories that I'm familiar with. So to me, there's just a lot of people with interesting stories out there that I'm interested in learning. Um, as far as like more practical uh, things, uh, I'm interested in learning more about, you know, building, <laughs> I, I bought this old farmhouse, so lots of renovation nice. and lots of, you know, it's been fascinating just kind of realizing like, like yesterday, for instance, like I've spent the past couple weeks on my computer editing, getting ready for this, this trip I'm going on and kind of really doing a lot of business online. And then yesterday I started working on my motorhome and, and getting it ready to go. And I was like, I not only know how to like do all this technical stuff on my computer, but I can also crank a wrench and I can cut with a saw and I can like, and I I'm physically out there and I'm like, this is such a different experience than what I was just experiencing for the last week of sitting in a chair, staring at a screen, typing with a keyboard and mouse. And I can do that and I can, and I've, I've learned those skills. And so I'm just like, there's so many other things I can learn and so much other stuff that I can do. Um, just being this human that is like, we're so capable as a, as a species, um, to just intake information and, and to physically do things that are so unique and interesting. And, uh, there's an endless possibility of things to learn out there. And, and really it's, it's, it's an interesting question that you have because it's a very difficult question for me to answer. There's not one thing that I'm really interested in learning. There's just a ton of things out there in this world that I want to know about and that I want to experience as well. And, and once again, you know, coming back to being a practical learner, um, that's also why I like to experience things myself is because that's how I really understand. Like there's, there's one, there's one thing about like, you can like learn something, but to understand something I feel like is different. It's really to like live it and really to like get down to what it means, not just what it is. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool what you said about learning about people's stories too, because that's, I think everyone is like super interesting. Um, and everyone has a super interesting story to tell, but when you do this, um, and you document, document a lot of these stories, um, through your podcast, through documentaries, what about the people who, you know, have interesting stories, but have a hard time kind of expressing themselves, expressing those stories? What are some of the things you do? Just cause I like to interview people because I love learning about people. Um, what are some of the things, some of the tricks you have kind of to help them open up a little bit more? Cause sometimes it can be pretty tough. I think the, the biggest thing, um, especially when I'm doing like podcasts and interviews is like, you got to realize that 
not everybody's a presenter not everybody is comfortable on camera people are really worried about what they're saying and a lot of that is just straight up nerves like they're just nervous of the entire experience and allowing for <clears throat> allowing for that person to become comfortable is really important and maybe even asking questions over again if you can <clears throat> excuse me my voice here um just like uh kind of asking like a very similar question if you haven't gotten an answer that you wanted because they they're kind of being short with their answer uh because you can tell that they're not quite comfortable yet so um you know getting people to ask or yeah ask the same question but also increasing the comfortability of them is is really important so just trying to do a little bit of uh you know how do you do kind of thing before you get going to try to get to know them a little bit um, beforehand. And then, um, and then the other thing too, is like, if somebody's, you know, really struggling, what really helps is opening up yourself and, and sharing your own experiences and taking some of the brunt of the conversation so that you, that, and so that that person can sit there, relax and understand, okay, their story's not so crazy or, or th that, per that you are going to understand them when they speak to you. Because a lot of people, have had people, uh, you know, maybe they've told uh, some story to somebody and that person just hasn't acknowledged them or they've, they've been ignored in their life. And so that, then they're afraid to open up in some way. So just really being a listener and, and, and then also like acknowledging what they say. So if they say something, um, not just going to the next question, but like, oh, I really liked what you said here. I really resonate with that. I, I, um, I can relate to this because I've had this experience and, and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle to get people to open up when they're, they're not, uh, used to doing so. But I think those are some ways where you can sort of start to get that going a little bit better. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, when you were talking earlier, <laughs> I kind of thought of that, like it's, it's, it can be pretty tough sometimes. Um, but I just, Kind of separate question what was the hardest lesson you've had to learn in your process hmm R relating to what um more so the creative side just in being a creator like there's some things i feel like one thing that was hard, for example one thing that was hard for me to learn was just that sometimes when you're doing things you just kind of have to start over and that mm. really sucks that kind of like comprehend um and that's kind of a smaller thing. I know there's the longer you do it, there's more kind of deeper things that harsher lessons I feel like you have to go through. Um, but I'm just curious if there's anything you could think of that something that you learn at the time just as I got, that sucks, but it's the reality. Yeah. Like a tough lesson. Um, yeah, nothing really specific jumps to mind really. Um, you know, I've had to make a lot of changes and choices kind of quickly and and i uh i just saw a quote recently that kind of spoke to me a little bit which was like um paraphrasing but it's uh it was kind of like um it's a good idea to make decisions really slowly and to really kind of be methodical about deciding something but then when something doesn't work to actually cut it out really quickly and to shift and so i realized that i've actually done that a lot in my business where I've put a lot of thought into producing what I'm going to be doing. And then when, when I find 
real hard evidence that it's not working to actually just cut it off and, and to cut my losses and move on to something that will work um, better. And that, and, and this doesn't, this isn't only about just making something creatively work in the market. It's also about making something work for you too, because there's lots of projects that I've undertaken, which um, are just too extensive. Um, uh, this is the other opposite side of the spectrum, but um, I went on this sailing trip and I filmed a ton and I, I hired a videographer to film with me and my friend filmed and we just had so much footage and it was like insane. And I, and I was going to tackle it all. I was going to tackle the editing and I edited out daily vlogs from it. And by the end of that, I was so burnt out from it. I just had to hire out the editing process for, to, to turn it into this movie that I wanted to make. And so that was like a lesson kind of not necessarily a hard lesson, but like a lesson to, to learn how to delegate more and to, and to take on other creatives and actually work with those creatives to, um, find creatives that, that, that you can sort of naturally, uh, build up their own, um, creative vision and, and sort of amplify it. So what I did was I hired an editor and then I sort of did the master edits over top. So I, I knew what was going to punch it up a little bit more, but I took his vision and, and turned it into a kind of our vision together. So it was more of like a lesson of, of being able to work, uh, with other people, which for me has been a difficult thing to just sort of delegate work. And, you know, I always think like, oh, I've been doing this forever. I, I know how to do this. I know how I want it to be. It's, it's almost formulaic, uh, some of the work that I do and, and so to be able to kind of figure out how to teach other people and then manage them, like that's been a struggle. And, um, I would say, yeah, one of the hardest lessons I've learned is that once you begin that process of, of hiring out other people, the, the money you think will work for that business venture isn't enough. Like you, you need to have enough capital to really pursue what you, what you want to do. Um, it's, uh, for some reason, it just takes way more money to, to get things done than you think it does. Uh, even when you've calculated it all, it's, there's just always extra things that come up and other, you know, challenges. And, um, so yeah, that's, I, I don't know that it's not really great answers to your question because I can't really think of a hard lesson I've learned. It's been a ton of small challenges throughout my life. Uh, but this creative endeavor that I've been doing this, this business that I've been pursuing, it's been, I don't know, six or seven years now of, of doing YouTube, um, five or six years doing full time. And it's been a struggle the whole way, but it's also been extremely rewarding. And it's also been, um, you know, being able to work for myself and build my own future and, and build something that is my own and that I can help uh, other people through, you know, like that's the other understanding that I came through with working with this editor was I can see other people's visions come to life because of what I've created and, and the infrastructure that I've built. And so it's not just what I want to create now. It's what do other people want to create within this realm for this audience that I can help facilitate. Gotcha. Um, what would you say is, well, is there like a, moment you could look back on and kind of think that talk about how rewarding it is where you could where you just <clears throat> one of those nights where you laid in bed and we're just like 
that was really cool. Like what, what I was able to do through my creativity and the way I was able to change perspectives with another person or impact in the life of another person. Is there a moment like that you could think of that was, that, you know, I feel like that's kind of the most rewarding thing as a creator is changing someone else's life. Um, do you have a yeah. moment like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you can see it in comment sections on YouTube when people are like, wow, this really inspired me. You know, I, I released one of my van life podcasts recently and it's just every single comment is positive and people are like this idea that you had in here really kind of like changed my perspective on this. And I'm like, wow, these are actual people on the other side of the, this computer, you know, that, um, they've changed in some way. Like it's not to be underwritten the the uh or undervalued the influence that people have online now like things that happen online they have a, a real life impact and it's very interesting to see that and um maybe a more concrete example besides just youtube comments is actually meeting people and i'm uh, filming with them and and they're like oh yeah you are the one that actually inspired me to build out my own van and live in a van and I'm now saving this much on rent and I'm pursuing my passion of whatever it is and I'm traveling and doing all this cool stuff. And it's just like, that's wild that what I did years ago has, has actually facilitated this person to completely change their life in a positive way. And so that keeps me going um, more so than more so than anything else. Like a lot of the, the uh the work that i do that makes money um is less interesting to me than the other creative work that i've that i want to develop um but it's still i just still see how impactful it is because of the audience that i have and because of the reach that i'm capable of having through the van life community um i'm able to actually influence these people a lot of people into changing their life for the better and for, and for taking control of their life. I think that's what a, a lot of it is, is um, the van life movement is really just about like, oh, here's this option to get out of potentially your situation. If it's, if it's the rat race, if it's uh, paying someone else's mortgage and, and slowly getting into debt or whatever it is, it's, it's like, here's this option. And it's, and um, you know, you don't want to have to live in a van out of necessity, but if you if you do it out of choice, it can actually be a really great stepping stone to push you in the direction or to let you get into the direction of, of the future that you want. And everything we do now builds some sort of future. And so um, being able to influence people in, in that positive way is pretty awesome for sure. Nice. Um, and then my last question for you. Um, through all your media through all the podcasts, the documentaries, what's kind of the one message behind it that you're hoping to share to the world? It's, um, to be yourself, you know, it, it's, you know, my, my main channel is called different media because the idea behind that was the slogan would be, be different. And, and by be, by being different, you're being yourself. You know, it's not about being different to be different. It's, it's to, be different because that's who you are. You're not, you're not the same as everybody else. You, we, we all need to embrace who we actually are. Um, 
as soon as possible and as much as possible because it's very easy to forget who you are it's very easy to go back into routine uh, behavioral patterns all of that you know uh, you know thinking patterns and um, that's really the message of everything that I try to do is is to to be different and therefore be yourself and uh, and by being yourself you, you're gonna have the most impact on the people around you um, and you know and in that way, it's by, it's living by example. If if we all can live by by the example of being ourselves and being happy and and pursuing our dreams and passions and and working through our struggles, um, we can create positive change on massive scale over time. Just by the small changes we do in the in the very few things that we control in our life. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it was. Um... A little different than the normal usually it's me ranting about something crazy going off the chains i guess i still did that a little bit but it was a little more directed because there was questions towards me uh so yeah anyway hope you all enjoyed make sure to um i don't know do the things you're supposed to do there's a bunch of stuff in the description it's always in the description if you want to support the show in any way check out the description that's where things go down that's where everything is all the information see you all on the next episode